All right, good morning and welcome to today's stock market update. Yesterday, the Nasdaq was down for a third day in a row. Tesla, Netflix and Apple, they're all struggling, but all eyes are on today's jobs report that has just been released. So we'll talk about this. There's also two sectors that are on fire. We'll take a look at those and GameStop making a huge move. We'll take a look at this and also DWAC. Anyhow, plus today we are also going a little bit longer and you see we do have the questions box here. So ask us anything. And today is Friday, January 7th. By the way, if this is your first time here, I'm Marcus Hardcutter and that super smart guy over there is my head coach, Mark Hart. Together we have more than 47 years of trading experience and, and every morning we sift through a mountain of news websites, newsletters and reports and, and then we take the most important news and go live right here to share with you what you need to know as you head into your trading day. If this is your first time here, I know things can be a little bit overwhelming, so don't worry. We have a special video just for you that I will link to in the description, and that's a great place to get started. All right, let's take a look at the markets. And I brought up the S&P 500 here, Mark, from yesterday. So S&P 500 closed lower, Dow closed lower, all three indices, but the big one is the Nasdaq that now finished massively lower for the third day in a row. NASDAQ having a tough time this week and uh, another losing day. Maybe maybe finding some support here. We'll see that that chart anyway looks pretty strong and, and solid with support right around uh, 15,000. So looks like uh, traders were eyeing that one. You know, it's interesting because just on Tuesday, the S&P was trading at records. And on Wednesday, the Dow was trading at records. But it kind of feels like that was a, a ways away. <laughs> yeah. But just early this week, we were right at records. Well, this is when we look at Tesla. I mean, very similar to the Nasdaq. I mean, pushing massively higher after reporting uh, record deliveries last year and last quarter. Uh, but then pulling back right now, Apple, same deal here. Apple reached the three, $3 trillion mark this week and uh, then pulling back ever since. And uh, also Netflix. Even though the, the latest uh, movies and series that they're releasing seem to be blockbusters, but uh, Netflix struggling here as well this week. So uh, I mean, a lot of things going on. But the biggie today, and that's what we need to talk about, is the jobs report. So let's take a look at this. The jobs report, we, 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 we talked about it on Monday. We said there's two events, two events that will move the markets this week. And uh, one is the Fed meeting minutes, and boy, did they move the markets. And the second one is this morning's job report. So let's see what happened here. This was a mover, at least with uh, futures markets, and we could take a closer look at that in a minute, but uh, some surprising numbers. So on Wednesday, we had ADP non-farm jobs, and it was a big surprise to the upside. 807,000 jobs added versus 405,000 jobs. But then the, the real biggie, the key number uh, today on Friday uh, with the, the jobs report, and this really factors three bits of information that traders look at. Average hourly earnings continue to rise, uh, which hopefully they would with rising prices, right? So that's a good thing, but up 0.6% compared to the 0.4% that was expected. And then you have the non-farm employment change actually coming in lower than expected. Only 199,000 jobs were added versus a 426,000 expectation. 
So in December, less than half of the jobs that were expected were actually added. And uh, th this was a, a big surprise, big surprise. Now, the unemployment rate did fall two ticks. So the unemployment rate did drop. Uh, it was previously at 4.2%. Actually, it dropped three ticks down to 3.9%. So the unemployment rate is really low um, and coming in better than expected. So a bit of a mixed bag here, Marcus. And uh, I mean, what do you think about these numbers? Well, uh, let's say let's jump over to the markets and see what the markets think about it. So I'm bringing up the futures markets, the mini S&P here and uh, that we look first look at and this is when the jobs numbers were released. And at first it was like, OK, unemployment lower. That's good. Uh, hourly earning or uh, the, the earnings higher. That's also good. But then, yes, the big miss there. And this is where right now uh, the S&P was pulling back. But the big one here, really, the Nasdaq. I mean, all over the place here. And so looking at the numbers again, here, here's what this means, if, if you're just looking at this again. So, OK, we have a rising average hourly earnings. So this means rising costs, right? Uh, so that's uh, more expensive. But on the other hand, also more money in the pockets of the consumer. So that, that's kind of a mixed bag. Unemployment rate now below 4%. And the, the Fed has hinted at that they see full employment as as 4% and below. And this is what we heard in the meeting minutes. So this is basically what the Fed would consider full employment because they say, well, we, we believe, and I mean, I'm not saying that this is true, but they believe that everybody who wants to find a job can find a job. But that's a completely different discussion. But now we see, okay, the hiring has slowed down. So does this mean that the economy is slowing down? Or was this just a blip in December? Because as we know, in December, this is when we had when we were dealing with the Omicron variant. So is this something why companies were actually hiring less? Or is it really that the economy is not as strong as everybody thought and as the Fed was thinking? And this is what we are seeing here this morning. And if you're, if you're looking at this, we will also see like a little bit confusion there at first, because at first, the Nasdaq was moving higher than massively lower, now pushing higher as traders are digesting. Okay, what does it mean? Uh, will this, uh, yeah, will this make the the Fed reverse the course? Of course not. Will this make the Fed uh, uh, slow down their uh, their scaling back? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is where it, it's it's kind of a shock that it came in lower than expected, but it's not horrible. I mean, still jobs were added, right? Uh, that is the important thing here. Not as many jobs as everybody would, uh, would think, but jobs were still added at a pace that we had actually back in October or in November, the, sorry. The, the two little nuggets to consider though, Marcus, is that the report covered the week, including the 12th, but the, the, the end of December when the Omicron variant was really spiking, the report does not cover that. So I do think that that's a bit of a wild card. And I, I would agree that just one report, the, the Fed's not going to say, whoa, 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 these interest rate ideas, we, we need to change all of that because of a bad December. But is this a, a theme, right? Is this the beginning of a pattern? I don't believe that, but it's, it's something that could catch traders off guard and, and wonder, hey, will the Fed reconsider the interest rate hike? Not just on one report. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the Fed's changing everything. But if now we see consecutive months where there are fewer jobs being added, 
that could potentially have an impact on interest rates. A little too early to, to tell, but I think that's why uh, I was surprised with the immediate reaction to the downside. But what I'm seeing right now in futures, I, I think that I mean, to me, that's exactly how traders would would react. And you know, what do yeah. we do with this information? What the heck? <laughs> there, there was an overreaction, and again, this is where I wouldn't interpret it to this too many, uh, too much. So we'll see where we open here in uh, what do we have in 22 minutes when we're actually going into the opening. And uh, yes, uh, we see that you're here. We see your question and comments. We'll take them here in the next few minutes. I just wanted to take a look at a few other movers from yesterday, because I mean, <clears throat> no surprise with the interest rates discussions here that banks are doing really well. Uh, in fact, regional banks like the Fifth Third Bank. Why would you call it a Fifth Third Bank? That's super hard to pronounce for a foreigner. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> so a phenomenal run here together with interest rates. I mean, if you look at the at the yield, this is the 10-year yield, as we are skyrocketing higher here, higher interest rates do help uh, the banks. And this is where uh, FITB <clears throat> had a phenomenal run here uh, yesterday up 4%. But also the, the other more well-known banks. I mean, Citibank, oops, what is Citibank? I thought it was a city. It's C. Oh, it's just C, right. That's City Corp. <laughs> it is morning, more coffee. So Citibank here, uh, good. Uh, Wells Fargo, WFC, uh, running away here, basically. Also in pre-market trading, up another half a percent. Bank of America. So it doesn't really matter what banks we're looking at. So this is one of the sectors that is doing really well. Energy, another one, Marcus. Yeah, let's take a look at some energy stocks. I mean, this this Fang stock, uh, Diamond uh, Energy here, uh, just running away, right? And this is uh, because of higher oil prices. So if you look at, at crude oil here, uh, we see that in early December, uh, beginning of December, we were as low as $62 per barrel. Now we are scratching $80 a barrel again. Yeah, there's also Devon Energy, DVN, uh, a big winner last year in the S&P 500, doing well again this year. All right. And uh, what else? Uh, Oxy. Can take Oxy, a look at yeah. Oxy. Yeah. So all of these are good. All right. Uh, also need to take a look at Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin, we have been talking about this, uh, was trapped here in the range between, what, 46,000 and then 50,000, dipped lower. And right now, it's trading at levels that we haven't seen since September. And I, I mean, this is here a really a dramatic move. If you look from the high to where we are right now, that is a 40% drop. So uh, clearly here in bear market territory. And uh, has Bitcoin found a bottom here right now? And this is where it goes uh, hand in hand. I mean, Bitcoin is a more risky investment. And when interest rates are rising, this is when the sentiment is risk off, right? And back into the good old value stocks. And this is why the Dow has been doing really well this week. I did say that I, I saw a slide down to 40. So I you did say that. that. All right. Well, we'll see if, if it stops 41. at 40 or uh, what the next level is here. But right now, uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency is still moving lower. I mean, also here, Ethereum yeah, that uh, has been holding up much better than Bitcoin. And we see it does hold better up than Bitcoin because it's not yet at the trading or uh, at the lows that we made here in September at these levels. Uh, so Ethereum hanging in there a little bit better than Bitcoin. Agreed, agreed. All right, GameStop. Gotta take a look at GameStop. GameStop, 
overnight, huge, massively up in pre-market trading, more than 20%, 22% here right now. What's happening with GameStop again? Is Reddit active or are there some other news? There is some other news and I, th this could be big for GameStop. So uh, they are higher pre-market after the Wall Street Journal reported that GameStop will create a marketplace for NFTs. The company is also exploring cryptocurrency partnerships for games and items for the marketplace, the report said. So, I mean, this is where, you know, we, we kind of talked about it, Marcus, where AMC, you have, the, you have these two meme stocks, AMC kind of embraced the meme culture and said, yes, you know, let, let's do this for our fans. And GameStop, it was really kind of hard to figure out what was going on with them, right? Uh, but here tapping into the nft space and and also with cryptocurrencies especially because they're already in the gaming sector right i mean right. they're they're all about games so if, if people are being rewarded for games and they're tying all of that I, I mean i think that that's a it was a logical move but now that it's being announced it, it makes sense it's definitely definitely more strategic all right then also a big mover the uh, DWAC, Digital Work uh, World Acquisition Group, uh, that is actually the this group that is uh, behind uh, the, the planned social media platforms from former President Trump. And they had a huge move yesterday, up 20%. I mean, not a follow-through in pre-market trading here, down 6%, but uh, a pretty significant jump after being super quiet here after the initial merger. Uh, not a whole lot going on, but then yesterday, 20% up. What's happening here? Well, uh, they have listed or announced uh, in the Apple's App Store that there is an expected launch date of Truth Social, uh, which uh, will be on February 21st. So with that uh, headline, it looked like the DWAC traders jumped on board that news and it was up about 20%, although pre-market down about 6%. So still yeah. a lot of hype and and just yeah, be careful with this one. Still a lot going on. <laughs> okay. Now, usually, as you know, in the first 15 minutes, this is where we cover the market. Today, we thought that we open up the comments, hang out another 15 minutes with you, uh, just to, to see what questions you have, what comments you have. If you have any trading-related questions, if you want to know uh, what happens to your positions, if you want us to look at certain stocks that you own, uh, we'll be happy to do this. And it's so good to see everybody here from uh, all over the, the world. So there's uh, Peter, uh, there's uh, Bertalan from Europe. Um, uh, Joseph also, <laughs> market looking shaky, not a good jobs report here. We have Roger from Wisconsin, so good to see you. Uh, let's just uh, go through here and uh, see if we have uh, some questions. Uh, Stephanie from Nuremberg, so good to see you here. Yeah, and Peter, uh, you're right. Uh, the jobs report is confusing, and this is exactly what we are seeing here in the market. I mean, traders are trying to make sense of what the heck is happening. And if I'm switching back here to the five-minute chart of the Nasdaq, we see that right now we're almost trading at levels where we were right before the jobs report was released, and this very, very strong reaction here. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's see. It, it, Go ahead, Mark. No, I was just uh, to reiterate while you uh, look through the comments. I, I mean, that was the, the thing I expected with that jobs report not to really have direction in the futures markets. Right. And so the initial there's always going to be like, whoa, it, it, like some reaction. 
Uh, but when I, I saw that it had been down for a couple of minutes and that big drop, that, that caught me off guard. So this this kind of back and forth. Now, once the market's open and we, we get more activity, more volume, that's another story. But the, this indecision based on what I saw in the jobs report makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I think it's and you see, good. it's really interesting because Joseph, for example, says my company has lots of uh, good jobs that they can't fill. And then on the other hand, uh, we hear from people who are looking for jobs and they say, all that's out there is uh, low paying jobs and I'm, I'm, I'm overqualified for this. So, I mean, this is where I think the jobs report, it, it's, it's difficult to really get a picture there because on the one hand, yes, we do have, because that's what we saw here this week. Let me go back to the, to the economic calendar. So we had the JOLTS job openings report. And, and this basically says, okay, there is 10.56 million jobs that are currently open. And then we know on the other hand, we have 6 million people looking for jobs. So if you would just do the math and put these together, it means that for every person who is looking for a job, there should be one and a half jobs waiting. But but I mean, obviously, it is not that easy. There's a little bit more to this picture, right? And uh, this is where um, we we're, we just look at what the markets are doing. I mean, trade what you see, not what you think, right? I mean, it's actually Peter, Peter said it here. Peter, you might have heard us say this before, right? <laughs> Good rule of thumb. And, you know, the other factor with jobs, I believe that the revisions have mostly been positive, at least for the last couple of months, right? So you get the number and then it's revised next month higher. So will that happen this time? We'll, we'll see. Uh, Marcus, Jim mentioned uh, Humana getting killed. Today. Yeah, let's, uh, let's take a look one. at Humana here. I mean, this was also a big mover yesterday. I see that. So yesterday, massively down 20%. And for Humana, that's a huge move. It is. And uh, this was actually the biggest drop in 13 years. And the reason why is because it cut its Medicare additions in half. So you, you have Medicare, uh, you know, government sponsored, essentially. And then uh, there's these Medicare Advantage plans that really are, are picked up by the health insurers like Humana or Blue Shield. And uh, that's actually the core business for Humana. And they said that they now expect 150,000 to 200,000 new members in their Medicare Advantage plans. And this is compared to the 325 to 375,000 that was expected. So that's a huge change in the numbers of almost half. Um, and with it being their core business, that's why they're getting hit. And it's also trickling over to these other insurers. I think uh, UNH, Marcus, uh, United Health, I, th I think that they're the second largest right. when it comes to you know uh, fulfilling these Medicare Advantage plans. And they got hit yesterday. Not not too bad this morning. Yeah. All right. So let's go to back to Bitcoin here because Kyle says, uh, everyone says that Bitcoin is a dollar replacement, uh, yet anytime the rubber hits the road, people are back into the dollar. Well, you see, this where uh, if you look at Bitcoin here, uh, this where people say, well, it's a kind of like gold. It's a hedge to the dollar. But, but, but I think it's still a, a risky investment. And this is where we have when we have a sentiment that is risk off and back into value stocks or back into eventually bonds. I mean, this is why we need to see, right? I mean, if the 10-year yield is rising, look at this. Uh, I mean, uh, we were as low as uh, 1.35 and now we are at 1.75. So as you're getting more money with, with fixed investments, right? This is where you might see some traders going out of the risky investments. And this is where we see them going out of the, the growth stocks into either value stocks, dividend stocks, or 
as we see here, um, <clears throat> possibly at some point going back into into bonds and uh, CDs and uh, these kind of things. And, and that's, I, I mean, it's very far-fetched right now because we are far away from this. But I just wanted to, to exaggerate this so that you see what is this risk of, risk on um, sentiment that we are talking here. All right. Uh, so let's see. Um, Tesla, yeah, we had a we had a bet. Uh, what was it in the beginning of the week, Mark? Let's take a look at this. Because yeah, I said it, that uh, the Tesla, after the big jump up, I wouldn't be surprised if we are finishing lower. That is what you said, Marcus. And I said, I bet you a couple of, of fillets uh, that uh, it would stay above. And I think it was 1140-ish pre-market or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the day is not over. Although <laughs> you still have hope? I'm well, Tesla up pre-market 0.5%. I'm getting my order ready to, sell, <laughs> to send it to market. So it, it's, it's in process, but the day is not over yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, I see that Kevin is here. Okay. Kevin wasn't yesterday on uh, um, Coffee with Marcus. Uh, Kevin, I really appreciate you bringing up this idea in our, uh, in our private network here and saying, hey, listen, I, I found something. What do you think about this? Because it really made me think. Uh, trust me, uh, I, I spent several hours looking into this and also seeing, okay, what would make sense? Uh, Kevin, I'll follow up with you because I've, I have some additional thoughts uh, on how this uh, could work out for you because I know that you will keep doing this. By the way, if you don't know what we are talking about yesterday, I did a video on risk-free option strategies uh, because this is something that has been floating around here uh, for the past few weeks. And uh, if you want to take a look at this, anyhow. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see. What else do we have? Nita says, buy the dip. I mean, it, it has worked this year thus far, especially I mean, if you, if you look more at the S&P 500 and uh, bring out our, our good old friend to play here, the 50-day the moving average, then we know that the 50-day moving average has been a good indicator for buying the dip for most of the year, actually, and also uh, last year. At some point, dip a little bit below, but then right back up. So yesterday, uh, the 50-day moving average held as support, and uh, we'll see what happens here today. Because in pre-market trading, if you look at this, um, oh, we're all back. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. The the five minute chart here. We are <laughs> right back where we were, pretty much around the flat line here. So uh, Nasdaq, E-mini Nasdaq, around the flat line. The Dow, uh, still a little bit down here uh, in the E-mini S and P, but coming back up here. All right. Right. Uh, let's see. Right back. So, can can you take more about uh, Netflix? It has been going down for a month. Sure. Let's uh, let's bring up Netflix here, and uh, you got to see when when you look at a stock, right? The prices are not reflecting what the stock is doing right now. The prices are reflecting of what investors do. The stock can do in the upcoming quarters, in the upcoming years, and uh, the the reason why Netflix, I believe, has been reclining is because it is seeing a slow in subscriber growth. And I, I'm not surprised by this. I mean, at some point, everybody who wants Netflix has Netflix, right? <laughs> and this is where uh, basically the rest of the world needs to catch up on getting more internet so that, uh, that, that people can watch more Netflix. We, we also, you gotta see Netflix at, at some point was the only kid on the block. And then we had Disney Plus coming in. I, I mean, Disney Plus, I think huge competitor to Netflix, even though I don't think that people are canceling their Netflix account to go to Disney Plus. 
but it's, it's no longer the monopoly that uh, Netflix used to have. Mark, what are your thoughts here? I, I agree. It's, it's getting you know, spread out a little bit. I, I think that because they were the real first player, there's a lot of Netflix loyalty, and they've also been able to spend so much on their shows that have been successful. But, you know, I, I don't have, like, young kids in the house, and I wonder if, like, Disney Plus would be an alternative to Netflix. I personally don't know, but, like, in my household, Disney's a, an addition, right? Yeah. You know, we have Netflix, and Disney is an addition, but I'm not relying on Disney all the time, you know? So it, it's, but you're right. I, I think it's international growth, user growth there. That's key for Netflix. And um, if it's slowing down, traders are betting on future price movement, right? So future expectations, like you said, Marcus, not what's happening today. It could be that Netflix solid today, but what about next quarter, right? And, and so if, if traders believe that in the future, it's more likely to drop because they have concerns over growth, stock's going to drop. Wow. See, this question is, uh, so with all this, is gold on the move? So uh, let's take a look at uh, GC1 Gold Futures here uh, to see what they're doing this morning. And it, it, it's actually super surprising. Gold has been super, super quiet. I mean, just staying here in the range uh, between, what, uh, 1750 and 1850, basically. So that's the range that uh, that we see here for gold. Not really a lot going on here. So the the inflation bet that everybody says where, where gold is the inflation bet doesn't seem to pan out just yet, right, Mark? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. And Marcus, do you see Dan uh, Ferrantelli's question about the wheel? Uh, let me see. I can probably find it. <laughs> I'll bring it up. Because I, I think it was a perfect segue into his question which is, have you slowed down the oh, wheel yeah. trades during what seems like a widespread sell-off? Two parts here. Right now, there's been a, a bit of a sector rotation, but I wouldn't say widespread sell-off. We were just at record highs this week in the S&P and the Dow. But because there is more uncertainty and because we are seeing some sto stocks being, being hit by this, I'm more selective. But I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily slowed down. I'm, I'm just making sure that they're solid picks. And, and this week I got into two wheel trades. Uh, one was GDX. So it's gold miners. So that is based on, you know, essentially it's, you know, uh, highly correlated to gold. And I sold the 29 put on this one. Yep, I and I also uh, traded Kohl's, KSS. Uh, this was for the wheel strategy. And I sold the 46. So Cole's getting hit a little bit pre-market, but trading right above that that level that I sold. And uh, those, those are two trades that I added this week. So uh, I'm being picky, but I still think that there's plenty of wheel opportunities. And, and Marcus, I think you got in both of these trades too? Yeah, I did. I did. So Marcus is asking, what is the best index to watch for growth stocks? Um, I don't know if there's a specific index. Um, but I mean, usually the, the NASDAQ is, is, contains more growth stocks. I'm pretty sure that there are some indices that are specific. Do you, does anything come to mind for you, Mark? Do you know an index that is tracking only growth stocks? No, I mean, there, there's probably some sort of um, ETF that does like, you know, focuses solely on that. Um, you know, Russell, NASDAQ, you know, those are going to typically be more growth oriented rather than value like, the you know, the blue chips, the Dow. Um, even S&P 500 could be more value. Um, but yeah, it. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not I aware of any. I want to take this question. I think it's good. Do indices have support and resistance because people are trading the actual index or ATFs, or is it because the hundreds of underlying stocks are going up and down in unison? I mean, the uh, support and resistance is really fascinating. It's almost becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because this is where it goes back to, uh, if we, for example, look at the, the NASDAQ index here, and uh, we do see some support uh, that is happening right here at around, uh, what, the 15,000 level. And this is where obviously we have uh, round numbers. Yes, there are some people the index uh, trading the index, but it's usually because of all of the underlying stocks. But we, we talked about this also. If you think about the Nasdaq, I mean, all of the indices are weighted indices, right? So the Nasdaq, it's pretty much the the ten stocks make around forty percent of the index, and this is where we're talking about the Tesla, the Netflix, the Apple, and this is, and that's where often we see. When, when they're hitting support, this is what we are doing here. And uh, yeah, support levels or uh, we have static support levels, which are just uh, round numbers, obviously, or usually. And then we have the uh, uh, the dynamic support levels, which are often these moving averages. And uh, it, it's just fascinating how, how it works. It's uh, it's becoming a self-fulfilling uh, self prophecy. That's almost what I see me here. Yep. All right. So... Yeah, we, we, we have a chat. So uh, we, we are thinking about it maybe once or twice a week uh, of going a little bit longer in these stock market updates here and opening the chat. Do you like this idea? If you like the idea, do me a favor and click on like, because then we see how many of you are liking that we do a little bit of interaction here. We don't want to go too long uh, because in a couple of minutes here, the markets are actually open and uh, Mark and I, we're actively trading the markets here. So we want to definitely do this. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's so good to see everybody here. And uh, Domingo says, should we start only wheeling energy, oil and banks right now? Um, you see, only wheel stocks that you do want to own. So what stocks do you want to own in this market environment that we are seeing right now? This is the first and most important question. And the second is at what level? And this is how you determine the strike price. Right, Mark? Absolutely. And be careful being too heavy in one sector, you know, because it could be that it's good now, but if you get stuck in a couple of positions and all of your wheel portfolio is, is you know, riding one direction, it's better to, to be diversified. All right. Okay. I just heard the ding, 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 the opening bell here in the background. So we got to go to trading. If you would like to know how we trade these crazy markets, take a look at these videos here. We appreciate you being here this morning. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Happy trading, everybody.